Fritzcast. This is Fritzcast. It's Thursday, May 9th, 2019. And how y'all doing? Yeah, I'm picking Thursdays for right now uh, for the interim to record Fritzcast episodes. That seems to be what's working out. Worked out last week. Uh, definitely works out today. A little bit better than Fridays do. Uh, that doesn't mean that it's not going to go back to Fridays. Uh, you know, th- this is tentative stuff, man. Uh, it is. It, it's it's very fun trying to figure out how to fit fit this into uh, the schedule, as it as it were, uh, considering the many things that happen around these parts. Wow, that sounded really southern. I hope everybody realizes that I'm not. I don't know how people think my voice sounds. I don't know how to gauge that. When you live in Delaware, Delaware is a very unique state in that it has uh it has it has the northern sector which is literally just Newcastle County. Then there is Kent and Sussex County which are downstate. And that's it. I mean Delaware only has those three counties. That's it. Delaware is very small. Uh Newcastle County I think has more of a population than Kent and Sussex combined. Uh, so it has the larger population and is also very uh, democratic slash liberal up up in these up up in these here parts. Um, and it's funny because Delaware, you can cross that southern line into Kent County and even further into Sus- Sussex County. And the the minute you cross the line in the Kent County, it it sounds like you're in the deep south. It sounds like you're in Georgia or some shit. That's how everybody talks down there. They talk like this. And to me, it's like very southern. I'm like, it's very not to like not to disparage them. I'm not trying to disparage anybody, but there's plenty of people down past the, the southern border that uh, well, not the southern border, but they're down past uh, they're they're down in what is dubbed. This is this is disparaging. They call they call the lower sectors of Delaware quote slower lower, um, which you know I'm not gonna get into. I'm not gonna get into that bit of stuff. But that's just literally all Delawareans call it. Slower lowers themselves call themselves slower lowers. They wear it with a badge of pride in Delaware. But the minute you cross into that, it it, they, it seems very, you know, it seems like, uh, you know, it seems like they speak like Hicks, you know? I'm just going to, I'm not even going to beat around the bush now. It sounds like they talk like Hicks, you know? That, that That is what it is. And if I go downstate and start talking to somebody, they will know I'm from Newcastle County. They will know that I am from up north. They will know I'm a northern Delawarean. That's, that is how that works. It's really funny, though, because if I go into the southern United States, into Georgia, you know, fresh as a Georgia peach, you know, where they do talk, they talk a little more distinguished. It's not hickish down down south. But, the you know, they have those thick southern accents. If I go down south and I start talking to somebody, they think I'm from Maine. That's That's where they think I'm from. They're like, you're definitely somewhere north of Virginia uh, because you do not talk. Like we talk. And then if I go up to Maine, if I go up to the northern, the northeastern corridor, if you will, if I go up there, 
all those people think I'm from somewhere down south. The people in Boston are like you. People in Boston are like, "There's no way that you're you're from around here." Uh, I mean, you don't even know. Uh, you don't even know how to say "peck the care." So I don't know. I don't know. You can tell me how I sound, because I have a range of comments from people envying my voice to people saying that I sound like an idiot. I think those people aren't saying that my voice sounds like an idiot. I think they're just saying that they believe that my political philosophies are idiotic, which, yeah, okay, whatever. But uh, you tell me. I don't, I'm not really concerned. I'm not really concerned about that. I was really just concerned that I spouted out for two seconds and sounded southern. It kind of disconcerted me. Does that mean that uh, I? Does that mean I am biased towards Southerners? I have no idea. I, yeah, I hope not. But anyway, I digress. Uh, it's been adjust. It's been adjustment to this uh, work in midnight to eight thing, which isn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. And I'm not going to ramble on about it like I did last week. Uh, but I'm finding the comfort zone, and now I can start, you know, picking up an overtime or two, pad some paychecks until September. When my baby is due to debut on this real shithole known as C-53. By the way, for those who got that reference, uh, I get to see Avengers Endgame tonight. I am very excited. Uh, I've lasted this long spoiler-free from the conclusion of this mega chapter of Marvel movie history. Uh, and that's that's usually not a problem for me. I can do- I can dodge spoilers all day long. It's not hard. It's not hard, and people have to stop whining about it. But I'm very much looking forward to this three-hour uh, festivity later this evening. Uh, if not for the movie magic and awesomeness, then you know, just for the yummy buttered popcorn. I can go with either one. Uh, but I'm seeing it in Cinemark XD, uh, which actually our Cinemark Theater, anytime you get tickets now, it's all reserved seating. Y'all and, and this is something, I guess this is this is a testament to just how dickish people are. The fact that our movies are reserved seating now. Because my wife and I are picky when we go to the movies now. Uh, the way that the auditoriums are built in the Cinemarks here in our big Cinemark XD Plaza by the Christiana Mall, which is the central hub spot of Delaware. That's not an ad. Uh, That's not an advert. I'm not making money off of that statement. That's just if people go shopping somewhere, they go to the freaking Christiana Mall. That's where they go. They go there for the tri-state area because we have bums from PA and New Jersey that come on over and from Maryland that come on over for the tax-free shopping because Delaware is the... Delaware, the home of tax-free shopping. It's actually one of our goddamn mottos at the border when you drive in to the state. The home of tax-free shopping. Delaware, come on in. Spend your money and leave because you don't want to stay here. That's Delaware. But I don't know, like, there's things that I like about the reserved seating options in theaters. Uh, because maybe you do like a specific spot. Me and my wife love 
all the theaters, all the Cinemark theaters in, in Delaware, or this Cinemark theater at the Christiana Mall, all of them are set up the same way. It's in, like you enter the auditorium, there's the floor level seating, and then there is a riser that starts rows of seating that stagger upward. And we love sitting in that first row on the riser because nobody is in front of you. You have the, the stupid little safety bars in front of you where I rest my feet and all that. Except I don't anymore because all the seating is luxury loungers. Which is fantastic, by the way. When they came up with luxury uh, reclining seating for movies, that was done. I was like, movies are great to go to again. You can chill in that seat and be comfy as hell and not care about the fact that uh, the Avengers movie is three hours long. You know? Uh, that In that sense, the reserve seating is pretty cool. Uh, it's not cool in the sense that, uh, you know, if you don't jump on it fast enough, you're not going to get the seats that you want, and then you delay going because you're like, oh, I don't want to sit in these other seats. Like the front ro- the front rows, I never sit in the front rows of movies. I can't do it. I don't know how anybody does it because it's like you move, it's like you're looking up and you can only see the middle of the picture and everything else is kind of distorted. So I can't do that. I can't sit in the very back. I don't like it. I'm very picky. I'm very picky when it comes to where I'm going to sit uh, for a movie that I just spent $11 or $12 or $13 a ticket for. Really not down with uh, not enjoying my experience. So, But I, I, I have no idea where who, who incepted reserve seating for, for movies. Don't know. It's got its pros, it's got its cons. But anyway, that's going to be my evening tonight. I'm very much looking forward to seeing that so that I can avoid all the spoilers and all my nerd friends that want to talk to me about it. Don't ha- I don't have to disappoint them by saying, I haven't seen it yet, man. Give me another week. Which won't happen when I go see The Rise of Skywalker day one when it's released. I run a different track record for Star Wars films, as it were. I feel like uh, also with some of the more recent news concerning Attorney General William Barr, uh, I believe they just voted uh, voted holding him in contempt for for dogging a, a Senate hearing, and uh, well, not only that, but uh, kind of his behavior in releasing the principal summary, uh, the summary to the principal summary <laughs> that he released to the media. Uh, you know, sometimes you have to look at your own takes on, on matters that, that you spouted off about week after week after week. Um, and kind of like amend your stance uh, just because of the information that was released. Uh, when Barr originally released that letter, that four-page memo, I sat there and I parsed it and I skimmed it and I highlighted things and I found other reports to cite and talk about. And we did that. We did that on this episode, and I said, well, uh, it's pretty much done. Uh, this is a nothing burger. Move along. Um, and mind you, still, to, at this very moment, you if you want to go read this 400-page Mueller report, you can. Um, I haven't made progress on that yet. I'm only a human, and uh, I've been busy as shit. But you can read you can read this report, and the principal conclusions haven't changed. He doesn't want any more indictments and all that. Um However, Barr came out and kind of, you know, spun information the way he wanted to spin it. 
before this stuff got released to kind of influence the public opinion. And that is kind of shady, uh, is it not? Uh, so in, in analyzing my, my past takes on it, and I try not to be a hot takes guy. This is part of the reason why I try not to be a hot takes guy, because hot takes can literally just burn your ass and make you look like a big dummy. Um, because you don't have all the information. You don't have all the information, yet you're trying to conduct business in a way that, that you feel you can. Or that you do have all that information. So that being said, uh, not surprisingly, the, uh, the the Democrats are kind of trying to take on a an impeachment case and an impeachment battle against Trump. And we, uh, you know, everybody saw that coming. The report could have came out and completely exonerated Donald Trump and, and found it to be a giant, massive conspiracy. And the Democrats would still go through impeachment proceedings because why not? Uh, and that just adds fuel to this big 2020 election cycle that's coming up. It, it is a very interesting factor, especially because like every other week a new Democrat declares that they're running for president. So uh, nearly two-thirds of the Democratic Party is currently running for president of the United States with uh, at least, at least, you know, a chunk of that final third uh, just getting ready to declare and making sure that they have the funding to. That That's at least what it seems like. It seems that ridiculous that trying to find, on the quest to find the candidate that can beat Donald Trump, despite the fact that all polling data suggests that it would be Joseph Robinette Biden. Uh, just, just throwing that out there. Not that polls matter, because there was polls uh, a couple years ago that suggested that Hillary Clinton would be the president of the United States. And uh, that didn't happen, in short. So you tell me how good the polling data is. Just tell me how good the polling data is. The polls say that Joseph Robinette Biden is in the lead out of the 974 declared Democratic candidates. It's not even talking. It's not even talking about the independent candidates or even the the Bill Welds of the world running. But there will be, uh, you know, in this cycle, as news clips uh, come forth, as rallies are held, as statements are made, there will be some interesting things to talk about coming up on this program. One of which, uh, one subject that we're going to focus on in a, in a moment here. Uh, is some comments actually said by one of these uh, Democratic candidates that I think, you know, people should be fearful of. Uh, And I'll explain why uh, momentarily. But because of the interest that things will generate, uh, I already have at least two people lined up to talk on the Fritzcast. One of them is a a buddy of mine that... uh, that, without going into details, was, was just asking his friends on facebook general advice if uh, general advice of what you know essentially ask what would you tell somebody who is you know younger and considering seeking office and i know what he's talking about i know what he's talking about so i reached out to him and and he actually might want to come on the program and discuss some 
some things regarding that, and I think that would be great. I think that would be great material to put out for you guys. I think you would really enjoy it, uh, especially without diving into his without diving into his history. Um, he's worked a, a, a pretty interesting jobs, we'll say, uh, serving in the public sector, and I think that we, I think me and him would have a great conversation because he um, very much is a. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to say straight up constitutionalist, but uh, he's a constitutionalist in my eyes, at least. Anyway, I think it would be a great discussion. Possibilities of lining him up, and uh, there is one to two others that are possibly in the works uh, for summertime, which will be great if if that happens. It'll be it'll be the first episodes of Fritzcast that will feature interviews. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the possibilities there, and I hope uh, I hope you are as well. That being said, uh, Kamala Harris um, said some comments at uh, one of these events. This is what happens. You declare that you're running for president, and then you do a million media events around the nation in which you say stuff and the news posts stuff as stories. And then we scrutinize everything that you say. That's what that's what happens, because some things aren't well thought out. And so this was Kamala Harris, um, either last week or earlier this week, uh, at an NA at an NAACP event. Let me play the clip, and we'll talk about it. We will hold social media platforms accountable for the hate infiltrating their platforms because they have a responsibility. If you profit off of hate, if you act as a megaphone for misinformation or cyber warfare, if you don't police your platforms, we are going to hold you accountable as a community. Now, before we proceed any further, I just want you to go back and listen to it again. Just rewind 15 seconds and listen to it again. Because this is my response to that statement. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, legitimately, because at the heart of Kamala Harris's statement there was, hey, internet platforms, do what I want you to do, or I'm coming for you. Do what we want you to do, or we'll get you. That line drowned out, mind you, by the little carryaways about it being hate speech and and uh, cyber warfare and things of that nature, drowning out um, the other thoughts. Those are buzzwords that people will listen to, and they'll be like, "Well, yeah, no, hate speech bad, hate speech bad, hate crime bad, cyber warfare bad, yay." Kamala Harris. That that's the idea behind a statement like that. Yet I pick that statement apart and I hear 
hi, I'm government, do what I say or I'm gonna get you. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Mind you, this is on the heels of Facebook having just thanos Louis Farrakhan, Alex Jones, Miley Yiannopoulos, and a host of others from their platform entirely. Now let's have this discussion. Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus when it was a thing, Minds.com, um, and, and other social media platforms are just that. They are private entities that run websites or web apps, whatever you want to call them, that they allow the public to freely sign up and use. But each one of those is a private entity. They can come up with their own standards. They can apply them as they see fit because they make money off of ad revenue and they can pick and choose and decide what they allow on their platform. 100%. That's fine. Facebook wants to ban people, fine. I will call them out if they're not consistent with it. I will call them out if they are not clarifying with it. I will call them out for a plethora of reasons. Same thing with Twitter. Same thing with uh, Instagram. Same thing with anything. They can establish their own guidelines, and like it or not, almost all of you are guilty, and myself included, in not reading the terms and conditions of signing up for such websites. Because terms and conditions lists are like 9,000 pages long, and everybody just hits, I have acknowledged, accept, agree, whatever. Or you don't, and you don't get to use it. So Facebook can make its own standards and guidelines. Twitter can make its own standards and guidelines. This is fine. This isn't a product that people pay for. Even if it was a product that people paid for, say you had to pay for a Facebook subscription to utilize that service. First off, I think like half the people would stop using it uh, because they'd be like, well, I need my 15 bucks a month to go to Rita's and get me uh, ice cream sundaes, you know. No, but say it was a paid subscription. They still can have terms and conditions. When we're talking about violating people's rights, you know, is Facebook really violating a person's right by saying, no, you can't use our platform? Not really. They're a private entity. All right? Facebook isn't the public square, even though people see it that way on the Internet. It's a company. It's a company providing you a platform or service free of charge because they can make money off of you through the other means. Now, that being said, Facebook silences you and you lose a lot in this technological era. Same thing with Twitter. Twitter blocks you, suspends you, uh, deletes your account. You know, I mean, are they silencing you? Uh, Yeah, but... And, and you do take a hit because of the technological era that it is. But they're a service that they're providing, and they can decide they don't want to have certain things on their platform, uh, which is fine, which is fine. 
the thing that people should be afraid of is that a government official who is seeking the highest office in the United States just used the government to compel companies to bend to other people's will. And that should scare people. That should absolutely scare people because your rights are your rights to protect you from government overreach. If Facebook doesn't see something as hate speech, which, I mean, we could probably go on a tirade episode about hate speech and what does it mean and what is it and what constitutes it and what allows it. That's a broad subject. This whole hate speech thing isn't just some widely blanket accepted thing. It's actually a, a hotly debated issue. Not because of matters like this, but but government compulsion towards private companies to carry out their own will. That is a scary thought. If Chick-fil-A said, we oppose gay marriage, people protested. That's fine, that's free speech. But then government got involved. The mayors of Chicago, San Francisco, and Boston telling Chick-fil-A that it is not welcome in their cities. San Francisco's mayor. The closest Chick-fil-A is 40 miles away. I strongly recommend they not try to come right. any closer. Right. Ideological enforcement. And, and free societies do not have state ideologies. I would hope, but no new Chick-fil-A's have opened in Chicago, San Francisco, or Boston. These comets are, are time capsules from the early solar system. Leftists also attacked this physicist. He'd help land a probe on a comet for the first time in history. It's very exciting. But he said that while wearing this shirt, which some people called offensive, sexist. The shirt I wore this week... Um, he quickly apologized. I made a big mistake, and I offended many people, and I'm very sorry about this. The physicist didn't even fight back. He cried at his apology press conference. And they destroy him anyway. They don't care whether he's sorry. An apology isn't enough. What they're doing here is making an example to others. They also made an example of Silicon Valley entrepreneur Brendan Eich. He lost his job after activists discovered that he'd made... A 2008 donation of $1,000 in support of California's Proposition 8 to ban gay marriage. But in 2008, even leftists said... I'm not in favor of gay marriage. Just four years later, opposing gay marriage was no longer politically correct. An activist discovered Ike's donation. The progressive Silicon Valley community lashed out, accusing him of homophobia and bigotry. Brendan Ike resigned. A year later, Ike still can't find work. He invented, you know, one of the most popular programming languages that we use today and founded the Mozilla browser. His opinion was the popular opinion at that time in California, and he still lost his job for it. There's a vengefulness about this intolerance. Everyone knows Brandon Icke isn't an evil person. He just happens to have a different point of view. Why can't he say that? Maybe part of Icke's problem is that he didn't speak out, defend himself publicly. My idea of happiness is killing things. The star of Duck Dynasty did. Phil Robertson's anti-gay comments have gotten him suspended from the show. After Robertson was criticized for telling GQ magazine that he considers homosexual behavior sinful, 
Robertson didn't back off. I'm not running from anything. He stood up to it. The TV network ended his suspension. Hi folks, how you doing? Welcome to Chick-fil-A. How may I serve you? Chick-fil-A spoke out in defense of its owner's beliefs and sales soared. The answer here is always to push back, I think, twice as hard. He never wants to get his hands dirty. The Benham brothers pushed back. A week after they lost their TV show, someone told them, Guys, listen, one of your clients, SunTrust Bank, is actually going to be removing all of their business from you and your franchisees. I got genuinely nervous, like, oh boy, we're going to lose all of our business as a result of a smear campaign from Right Wing Watch. So we decided to take the story public. They told this website. Then Drudge reported that. And quickly, people started tweeting, SunTrust, this is so wrong. Within eight hours, we received a phone call from SunTrust apologizing, giving all of our properties back. Brandon Ike won't speak. I'm sure he's afraid. Everybody can be safe and not speak about certain things. But we need to disagree. This is what makes America great. Just let your voice be known. That was clips from Stossel uh, in a series of things that he did about censorship in America, featuring people like Mark Steen and... Uh, and a couple other commentators. Uh, that one specifically was around a controversial hot topic uh, of gay marriage, uh, which, as a libertarian person, I would tell you, um, keep the government out of uh, people's bedrooms. Plain and simple. That doesn't mean that people can't have differences of opinion on the subject and on the matter. My opinion and, and uh, of it is that it's nobody else's business. And that's part of the reason why I keep going back to the unalienable rights that we all have that people just gloss over. All right? It didn't come from the government, but the government sure as hell tries to dictate things, don't they? All right, I put this out you know, as a little quote picture on Twitter uh, last week. Rights are unalienable. The government would have you believe that rights came from them, but our founders sought to declare that these rights are true and that they are self-evident. Kamala Harris stands in front of a group of people talking about hate speech and talks about social media needing to police their platforms and if they don't, the government will come in and hold them accountable for the actions of people who might use their platform. Now, all these platforms reserve the right to have their own standards and guidelines of what they want to adhere to. But Amendment 1 of the Constitution says that Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof or abridging the freedom of speech or of the press or the right of the people to peaceably assemble and to petition the government for a redress of grievances. It says Congress shall make no law abridging the freedom of speech or the press. And Kamala Harris is up there talking about how the government will coerce these companies and hold them accountable for the actions of individuals. This is simply 
a bypass. This is simply a method that seems to be rather comfortably sitting in the field of progressive left political spectrum Democrats. If you can't have the government do it directly, use the power of the government to make the private entity become the bad guy. Make the private entity become the police. It's a brilliant strategy. The mob can do a lot of things because it's the mob. Think about what the gut like the government doesn't have to do hardly anything up front in the spotlight. I mean, think about it. The government can't go after somebody just for going off on a free speech thing. But then they can develop things like hate speech, which is not allowed. And oh yeah, you platforms on the internet better be watching every little thing that your people are doing on there because if they do something wrong, if the individual does something wrong in our eyes on your platform and you don't do anything about it, you will be responsible for it. These are the hard questions. These are the trying times. And these are the times that people need to hold steadfast to some key pillars and principles. Because at what point does that go beyond the initial, oh, that's a good idea feeling that you get? This is it, folks. We're getting ready for 2020 election. We have a cavalcade. Of candidates. And not just Democrats. We have independents coming out. People like Charles Schultz. We have a... Charles Schultz. Howard Schultz. You dimwit. God damn it. I say Charles Schultz all the time. And it's because I have all this Peanuts and Charlie Brown stuff on the table. Charles Schultz is a great man who is no longer with us. Howard Schultz running for president as an independent. You have Bill Weld uh, running a campaign uh, to try to primary Trump, uh, which will be all for naught because he's it's Bill Weld. Nobody cares about him. But these are the comments that are going to be made that you have to listen to, you have to think about real long and hard. After those comments, Kamala Harris shouldn't be a 2020 consideration for anybody. Because her comments were irresponsible. And her comments were, I have the power of the big bad government, and if you don't do what we say, we'll come after you. And somebody has to stand up and call them out on it. Because the implications otherwise start severely showing 1984. And we're at a pivot point, ladies and gentlemen. 
Oh yeah, life goes on. Long after the thrill of living is gone. These are one of those moments where people think, ah, it'll never happen here. And I just want to say, that's what everybody thinks. It's what everybody thought. Wherever they were. Because people severely lack the sight of the bigger picture. And you cannot lose sight of the bigger picture. The bigger picture is the most important. Because if you turn a blind eye to it, that is how the slippery slope goes the wrong way to a point where you can't recover from it and the battle to get it back becomes so sharply uphill that you lose that battle every time you cannot get there you cannot let it to get to that level and with that that does it for this week's episode of the Fritzcast, I thank you for tuning in. I hope I dropped the right picture there for you. Uh, follow me on Twitter at FritzQS, Facebook.com slash TheFritzCast, and you can get in touch with me at FritzCastPodcast at gmail.com. As I said, a couple of episodes might be in the works in, within, with interviews and with guests and I'm very much looking forward to that and uh, still putting the final touches on um, the episode or possible series of episodes of voting in America uh, as we gear up for election season so guys I love you uh, I'm going to go see Endgame tonight hopefully that uh will be a satisfying close to the chapter of the Marvel Comic Universe. Uh, or this phase of it, anyway, at least. anyway. So, um, I'll see you guys around. I'll see you next week. Enjoy your weekend. <laughs>